Thanks for joining us today for the Fellowship Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, visit fbcpanamacity.com. Now, here's today's message. I'm excited this morning to get back into the book of Romans. So if you would take your Bibles and turn uh, to Romans chapter number one is where we're going to be today. And we're almost almost through with Romans chapter one. And uh, we're going to be looking at verses 18 through verse number 25 this morning. Romans chapter number one and verse number 18 is where we will begin this morning. And so I'm going to read that. Uh, with you. The Bible says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which, which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things." Verse 24, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. This morning, I want to preach on the subject, the wrath of God revealed, the wrath of God revealed. Let's go to him in prayer. God, we love you. We're thankful for this place that we can come and worship freely. We're thankful for the mighty name of Jesus. That's why we're here. Lord, I I pray that you would be with this message. Lord, I, I ask that you would speak through me. Lord, that we would Lord, even see more so the the depravity of man today through what Paul says. Which allows the gospel to be even brighter. Lord, I, I pray that you would speak through me. I pray that you would use me this morning, that you would give me the words to say. That, Father, you would speak to us. That you would change us. And we'll give you all the praise and the glory for what you'll do. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. And so uh, we, basically, the last time we were in the book of Romans, we saw that Paul had concluded his greeting uh, from verses one through verse number 17. And in that greeting, just to give you kind of a little bit of an overview or, or a review uh, of what we've already gone through, Paul tells us uh, who he is. He's an apostle called of God. He's separated unto the gospel and its message. And uh, he then shares who he's writing to. He's writing to all of those that are in Rome, uh, a mixture of Jewish and Gentile believers. That's who he's, who he's writing to. And he calls them saints. He tells them that they are loved of God. Uh, he then states how thankful he is toward God 
for those that are in Rome because of their salvation. Uh, They've accepted Christ and his completed work for them, and they are saved. He then tells them that he can't wait to get to them. He desires to be there with them. However, God has not seen fit for him to come to them yet. It's not the will of God, so he he stays back. He's 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 never met these individuals. He then shares with them why he desires to go to to them, why he wants to be with them. And that is because he wants to preach the gospel to them. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because he knew the power that was found in it, right? He wasn't ashamed of it, uh, of the gospel. And so he he then tells them in verse number 17, he, he kind of sets the tone for the remainder of the letter. You can really say that verse number 17 is the text on which he expounds upon uh, throughout the rest of the book of Romans. And as we come to verse number 18, uh, Paul could have started with these words. Court is now in session. Because that's exactly what he's going to do. He's, this verse 18 is the doorstep to the courtroom of God uh, that you'll see here uh, throughout the, this passage of scripture. And you could say that the theme of Romans is the righteousness of God. I've, I've talked a little bit about that. It's the righteousness of God. But Paul had to begin with the unrighteousness of man. Because here's the thing, until we know that we are sinners, we cannot appreciate the gracious salvation that God offers in Jesus Christ. And so Paul's nutshell outline in verses 16 through 17, it raises a question. Why must the righteous live by faith? Why is a received righteousness the only way to be in right standing with God? We cannot earn that righteousness, right? So why is a received righteousness the only way we can be in right standing with God? And Paul will spend from verse 18 through chapter 3 and verse number 20 showing us why we need to get, we need God to give us righteousness. He shows us uh, why we cannot earn, why we cannot deserve or attain it ourselves. And let me just say this. It is going to paint, and over the next few weeks, a dark picture of humanity, right? We are sinners, amen? We are depraved, and and he's going to show us a dark picture of mankind. But here's the wonderful thing. With this dark picture of mankind, that will be painted, the gospel of Jesus Christ shines that much brighter, which we'll see in Romans chapter three, starting in verse number 21. But we see here in verse number 18 that the verse begins with the word for, okay? So verse 18 flows out of verse 16 and 17. And Paul is showing us that the gospel is necessary, not simply to make us happy, Does the gospel make you happy today? It does, right? I'm thankful for the gospel. But it's not just for that, but because there is such a thing as the wrath of God that people will face. And Paul's confidence and his joy and his passion for the gospel, it rests on the fact that apart from it, apart from the gospel, all human beings are under God's wrath. That should give you joy in the gospel. That should give you an eagerness to share the gospel. 
Because all of those that are apart from the gospel will, will experience the wrath of God. So if you don't understand or if you don't believe in the wrath of God towards sin, then the gospel will not mean as much as it should mean to you. God's wrath, what is it? It's his fair, righteous anger towards sin. And Paul says it is a present reality. The verb is is revealed in verse number 18 is in the present tense, which means it is being revealed revealed. The wrath of God is presently being revealed. He does not say that the wrath of God will be revealed. It is seen today. And so that truth creates two questions, okay? Why is it being revealed and how is it being revealed? And Paul's going to answer those two questions for us this morning in this passage of scripture. So first of all, number one, I want us to look at why it's being revealed. Why the wrath of God is presently being revealed. Look at verse number 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Okay, so Paul tells us here that ungodliness and unrighteousness is what brings about God's wrath. Do you agree? Ungodliness and unrighteousness brings about God's wrath. So what are these two things? Ungodliness, it speaks to a disregard of God's right. So it's a destruction of, of a vertical relationship, right? That's ungodliness. But unrighteousness refers to a disregard to human rights, to love or truth or justice. And we could go on and on and on. It's a destruction of a horizontal relationship with those that are around us. So if you notice here, it is a breaking of what Jesus said were the greatest two commandments, to love God and to love people, right? To love our neighbor. And that is what brings about the wrath of God. Then he says, they hold, or that word means suppress, the truth in unrighteousness. So we see that the first thing of why it's being revealed is because of the suppression of truth. The suppression of truth. Well, pastor, it's because people just don't know any better. Have you ever heard that? People just don't, they don't know any better. They, They don't know the truth. But Paul immediately anticipates that objection. How can God hold someone accountable for something that they do not know or something that they've never heard of? But our text shows us that everyone knows better because they do know the truth, but they hold it. They suppress it. Look at verse number 19. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. He says they know that there is a greater being through the creation. Right? That's what he's saying. There, his eternal power and his Godhead, his, his divine nature. They see it. So that, look what he says here in verse number 20. There is no excuse. They are without excuse. 
Verse number 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. So Romans 1.21 goes so far as to say that all human beings everywhere and in all times knew God. They knew because God has made himself manifest, Paul says. He says that they, he had shown them since and in the creation of the world. Creation shows us that there is a God and it shows us his eternal power and his Godhead or his divine nature. Listen, we all know, regardless of what we, tell, we might tell ourselves, that there is a creator, right? On, on whom we are completely dependent, to whom we are accountable to. We cannot, we cannot know everything about God from creation, but we can come to the conclusion that everything that was, was made had to be created by someone with an unimaginable power and greatness. But what happens? We suppress that truth. We suppress it. We hold it. The fault for man's wickedness lies not so much in ignorance of the truth as in rejection of the truth. That's a true statement, right? It doesn't lie in their ignorance toward the truth, but their rejection of the truth. The truth is there, but it's been held down. It's been suppressed. It's been set on, concealed, ignored, rejected. Notice that we'll see here in these verses, these next several verses, that the suppressing of truth begins this downward spiral. It begins a downward spiral that eventually leads to idolatry. And as long as we suppress the truth, we will never understand who we are or why we are placed here on this earth, right? As long as we keep that, suppress it, we hold that truth down. Someone once said this, it is not acknowledging the creator's right to be ruler that is repressive. Rather, it is the self-suppression of living in denial of that truth. And Paul says this, he says in verse number 20, they are without excuse, and so why is the wrath of God being revealed? Well, it's because of the suppression of the truth that there is a creator, that there is a creator God. But also, number two, we see because of idolatry. Look at verse number 21. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Here's that, that downward spiral I was talking about. First of all, they don't glorify him as God. They're not thankful, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise, evolution, right? They became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. We see here that every human knows God, but no human glorifies God or gives him thanks, right? Paul is saying here that we take what God has made and we pass it off as our own. We don't acknowledge our dependence on our creator, but we claim to be independent. That's the, the word of the day today, right? My independence. I, I'm just, I'm independent. 
right? We, we try to claim our, our independence. We prefer the lie, as Paul says here, that we can call the shots. We can decide what, what is right and what is wrong. That's our, our world today, right? We get to decide what's right. We get to decide what's wrong. We're not accountable to anyone. We, they, we suppress the truth. We're not grateful because we do not accept what he has done for us and, and around us. Look at verse number 23. He says, and change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. What happens when people refuse to acknowledge and depend on God as God? We don't stop worshiping, do we? But the object of our worship changes. Amen? The object of our worship is what changes. Paul says that people change the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man. Instead of worshiping the true God, people worship and serve created things rather than the creator, is what he's saying here. It becomes idolatry. When we, when we suppress the truth, it leads to idolatry. Understand, we as, as human beings, we must worship something. We have to. We have to worship something. We were created to worship the creator, right? That's the reason why we were created. So if we reject him, then we begin to worship something else. We are a purposed people. We have to live for something. There has to be something that, that captivates your, your thoughts and your allegiance in your life. There has to be something. And whatever that thing is, you worship it. And therefore, you serve it. It becomes your bottom line. It's the thing that you cannot live without. It defines you and it validates everything that you do. And because God created the world and it was good, the Bible says, right? Genesis 1 and verse number 31, all created things have good in them. Can you, can you say amen to that? It, it's not, it's not a, uh, there's not a problem with you enjoying what he has created, right? There, there's not, that's not the issue. But understand that the problem comes from giving any created thing inordinate affection, giving that one good thing in your life the preeminence, which God is the only one who deserves and, and demands can demand that, the preeminence. And Paul is saying that the human heart loves to make good things its God thing. That's what he's saying. The human heart likes to make good things its God thing. And this exchange in our worship and our service doesn't, follow the created order. That's not how we were created. We were not created to do that. And people are uniquely made in the image of God, right? We're made to relate to him. We're made to reflect his nature and his goodness to the world, according to Genesis 1, 26 through 29. But in Romans chapter 1, verse 23, what has humanity done? We have turned our back on God and we have bowed down to the created things. We have begun to worship the created things. We do not worship what is incorruptible. We worship what is made. 
Paul puts it this way. We do not worship the creator. We worship the created. And so from God's perspective, this is the behavior of fools in verse number 22. How has this happened? Because Paul says in a few words in verse number 21, in refusing to treat God as God and live in dependence on and gratitude in him, they became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. And in order to suppress the truth that there is a creator, people, what do they do? They engage in worshiping the created instead of the creator. And so this is why the wrath of God is being revealed. It's being revealed today presently because humanity has suppressed the truth, which in turn leads to their idolatry. So that's why he answers the question, why is it being revealed? But number two, how it's being revealed. How is, is the wrath of God being revealed? Wouldn't you say that Paul has already built a strong case for the deservedness of God's wrath? Already. We, we suppress the truth. We worship the created instead of the creator. That's enough reason. Right? But he'll continue to go on and build that case from verses 26 through 32. But in verse number 24, we discover how God's wrath is being revealed today. Look at verse number 24. Wherefore, because we have suppressed the truth, right? Because we now serve the created things instead of the creator, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. God's judgment, his wrath on ungodliness and unrighteousness is to give us what we want. Isn't that interesting? His wrath is being revealed presently by giving us what we want, what the lust of our flesh desires. You see, the things that we serve, they don't free us. They trap us. The things that we serve control us. And we have... We have to have those things. And, and since our hearts were made to be centered on God, and since he is the only true provider of satisfaction, those things that we pursue do not satisfy. We always feel that we need more. We, we need something else. And the tragedy is that we strive for and we fail to find what we could simply receive and enjoy that God has already offered that God has already given. We suppress the truth which would satisfy us. And Paul uses this word lust here. It's, it's the Greek word for lust in this situation is epithumia, not hyperthermia, okay? Epithumia. It's a rough crowd this morning. No. It literally means an over-desire. An over-desire. It means an all-controlling drive or longing. And this is very revealing. Why? Because the main problem of our heart is not so much desire for bad things, which sometimes that's the case. But the main, the, the main problem of our heart is that our over, is our over-desires for good things. 
our changing of created good things into gods or objects of our worship or our service. And listen, the worst thing that can happen to us, according to scripture, is that we are given what our heart over desires. The worst thing that can be given to us is that we are given what we want, what we over desire. Take someone who worships their career. They serve it as as what, what will make them a somebody. Right? It drives them, it dominates their life. Everything else is fitted around their career. And the worst thing that can happen to them is what? Promotion. <laughs> because it shows them that, hey, there's satisfaction in this. I can be satisfied. It allows them to continue to think that they can find blessing in their over desires. It convinces them that this is what life is all about. It enables them to forget that they're making a wreckage of their family, of their marriage, of their relationships. It blinds them, right? Their hearts are darkened. And this is the wrath of God to give us what we want too much to give us over to the pursuit of the things that we have put in place of him. And the worst thing that God can do to human beings in the present is to let them reach, listen, their idolatrous goals. His judgment is to give us over to the destructive power of idolatry. And when we serve these idols in our life, it completely ruins the order that God created. And instead of us finding blessing, our sin causes breakdown spiritually and and, uh, socially and physically because it's not the right order. It's not how we were created to be. And the great tragedy of all of this is that we choose this for ourselves. Right? God allows us to walk through the door that we have chosen. That's his wrath. So is there any escape? Is there any way back? And we'll have to wait until Romans chapter three. I know that's a long ways away to see, to really see the the wonderful light of the gospel. But verse number 25 gives us a clue. Look what he says who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator. Here it is, speaking of the creator, who is blessed forever, amen. And so what we see here is that the creator should be blessed, or that word means praised forever, amen? Let me, let me try that one more time. That the creator should be praised forever, That's what we should be doing. Praising him forever, not suppressing the truth. Paul is hinting at the way out. It is, here's the the way out of this. Stop suppressing the truth and praise God as God. To depend on him and accept his right to rule over us. To desire him more than we desire anything that he has made. 
Where do we find the motivation to do that? Where do we find the freedom and the power to do that? It is only discovered in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because even though we in our sin are godless and we are wicked in Christ, we are loved and accepted and blessed. And it is as we understand the gospel, as we appreciate that our creator is also our savior, that we are led to find freedom in praising him forever. Church, listen. Paul is just getting started on showing us how depraved mankind truly is. He's just getting started to show how wicked and sinful we truly are. And if you're here today and you continue to suppress the truth that God is the creator and have begin, began to, to worship the created, would you stop today and see God for who he truly is? And thank him. Believer, if you're here today, if you're saved, if you have been declared righteous through Jesus Christ, then let's make sure we are worshiping the creator and not something that he has created. Listen, let's not allow something good in our life become a God in our life because he deserves that rightful place. And let's live a life of praise and a life of worship toward God, our creator. Why? Because he is to be blessed. He is to be praised forever and ever and ever. Amen. We see the, the darkness of mankind, but we see the wonderful light of God and his gospel. Amen. Thanks for listening to this sermon from Fellowship Baptist Church. Come visit us at 2501 Michigan Avenue, Panama City, Florida. For more information or to donate to this ministry, visit fbcpanamacity.com. Have a great week.